This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Vicky Howarth is a recognised dressage national champion and is also the disability ambassador for the UK Cheerleading Association. It's impressive when you know that Vicky has Stargardt's disease and is registered blind. Insight's Alice Glossop had a chat with Vicky about how she got involved with both of these sports and also spoke to the people that make sure everything is accessible to her. Pat Hawkins is the president of the UK Cheerleading Association and Kate Bailey is Vicky's riding instructor from Pendle RDA. Tell me about what you do when you're riding horses. You do dressage, but you're also looking into show jumping. Is that right? Yeah, I'm looking into doing blind show jumping as there's only one other lady in the United Kingdom who currently show jumps. So I'm hoping to be the second blind show jumper in the UK. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved in horse riding. It all started when I was about four when my dad received sole custody um, of me and um, he didn't know what to do with me being a single parent so um, he took me to a riding stables and that's how it started. And what about your sight loss? Did you have problems with your sight when you were that young? No, I was a table tennis player to national level when I was about 17, 18 uh, and I was missing shots that I shouldn't have been missing so me and my coach decided to get an eye test done and then a year later they diagnosed me with Stargardt's maculopathy. How did that change what you had perceived your future to be like at that point? At that time, because I was so heavily involved in sport, and it's a very positive arena to be in, it was kind of just, well, we've got this sight problem, what are we going to do to adapt to kind of life around it? And because it's progressive, my sight didn't go straight away. So I pretty much just carried on with everything that I was doing, really. And then you started moving on to new sports and different things. How did that progress then? You went on from table tennis and now you do horse riding and also cheerleading as well? Yeah, well, cheerleading's been a big part of my life. I've been involved with United Kingdom Cheerleading Association for about 15 years now. And they put me through my coaching qualifications. Cheerleading has always been a sport that has never said no to me. And to have somewhere that you can go back to that never says no. A lot of sports will say you can't do that because you've got a sight impairment. Cheerleading has always been supportive of me. And we're also doing disability cheerleading, which we're trying to get more numbers involved in. We have school teams that compete and we've helped one of the schools to gain two national titles this year. Are people ever surprised when you say that having a visual impairment, you're involved in coaching, cheerleading and doing something that is considered choreography in some degree? Every every single day, people watch videos and still can't believe that I'm visually impaired. It's just one of those sports that if no matter if you have got a disability or some sort of impairment or a barrier, cheerleading is one of them things that you can get into and that's why I've stuck with it. And I know you're very close with Pat Hawkins, the president of the UK Cheerleading Association, and you've got involved in a new role which is all to do with that inclusion of people with disabilities getting involved in cheerleading. What is it that you're hoping to do with that and how is that working at this point? We're just hoping that we can get more schools involved. We have a national schools competition every year and the disability section each year is getting bigger and better. And now we're just trying to progress what the disability teams are putting out on the floor and we're just trying to get more people engaged. And again, it's one of those sports that is accessible, but a lot of people might not think that it is until you give it a go and it's so easy to do. And a lot of the schools that we work with The kids absolutely love cheerleading and they love coming to the competition and a lot of the kids find it, you know, it's kind of empowering when you get there and 
the, the squads go absolutely crazy for the disability teams when they come on and that for the kids you know they absolutely love it. And moving on to focusing more on your show jumping side of things how is your current sort of aim to get involved in the Paralympics going? So it's been quite tough because there's a lot of hoops to jump through it's all about funding and I'm not from a background that has unlimited funds so if ever I do anything I've got to look for sponsorship it's really been difficult however this year I've got quite a few sponsors coming forward that's going to help a little bit but yeah we're looking for sponsors that can help us so that we can do international competitions so that I can get my name out there and uh, and, and put my face to Team GB really so many riders that are trying to get on the the Paralympic ladder and especially when you've got inspirations like Lee Pearson the Natasha's that you know they make it look so easy and we've got a blind dressage rider called Verity Smith when you watch those riders they make it look so easy so there's a lot of riders now that are trying to get on the Paralympic pathway and so many riders to compete with. Looking more generally at horse riding in general what would you say to people that maybe have a visual impairment that have never been involved in any kind of sport at all what would your advice to them be? Just give it a go if if you want to do something and obviously I work with people that have visual impairments in employment and also through sport. And sometimes what I do find is a lot of visually impaired people can get into a sort of um, a visually impaired circle of friends and, it, and that's kind of where they stay. And it's about getting out into that big wide world. And even though you've got a visual impairment, there is a world out there that you can participate in. You know, even the biggest dreams can come true as, you know, I'm realising now that I'm national champion Two years ago when I first started dressage, I never would have dreamed that I'd have been national champion two years down the line. But it's about just taking that step and thinking I can do this. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot going on at the minute and plenty of things under your belt already. You'll have to keep us up to date with all the things you're doing, won't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for speaking to Insight Radio, Vicky. No problem. It's been a pleasure. My name is Pat Hawkins and I'm Chief Executive of United Kingdom Cheerleading Association. So having spoken to Vicky, I know that she has an awful lot to do with the Cheerleading Association. How do you know her? Vicky's been involved with our association for about 15 years. She started with us as a cheerleader and then came on board as a young volunteer. She's been an assistant tutor, she is a coach and she's become our disability ambassador. One of the things that Vicky said when I spoke to her was that cheerleading has really stuck out to her as the sport that's always welcomed her in and has never said no to anything she's wanted to do. Why is it that cheerleading has ended up being so accessible to her? Is that something that you are intentionally doing or is it just that it just happens to be inclusive and, you know, you'll kind of make make it work for whoever comes along? As an individual, I have always been involved with dance and exercise, fitness, sport, but realised very quickly that there was a segregation between the abled and and the disabled, if you like, people that that had uh, different needs. So when I became involved with cheerleading, which was 1994, I wanted to make an effort to integrate both. And we made it so that the rules and regulations within the UK, for example, would allow a a young girl that had a prosthetic arm to take the prosthetic arm off to do cheerleading where she was in physical contact with somebody, but where she did dancing within cheerleading, she could put the prosthetic arm back on again because she wasn't in physical contact and couldn't hurt anybody. So I think right from the outset, I wanted to include everybody 
and we manoeuvred, we moved around with our rules and regulations to make it accessible to everybody. It's funny because I don't know a huge amount about cheerleading myself, but you don't think of it as something that's easy for someone with a visual impairment to do because of all the choreography involved. Um, But what would you say to that? I would say that it doesn't matter what disability you've got, we work our way around it. So, for example, if you're visually impaired, Vicky can see colour. She can't see detail. So we would always make sure that she had somebody in front of her that she could follow. So a body in front of her or a colour in front of her that she could follow. The same as we have young people that are deaf. So we make sure that they can either feel it through the floor or through the vibration of sound. So we just look at every person being an individual and we'll work with that individual to incorporate them. And looking at all of the children that you have involved in the cheerleading association across the board, what does doing cheerleading give them? If you use Vicky as an example, Vicky has built or or developed a confidence, uh, a self-esteem. And she came to us as a young person, as I said earlier, but she has developed into a very, very able young lady who is extremely confident and is made to feel the same as everybody else. Although we make these exceptions, we don't put a label on you're different. We actually say you are part of this group. So I think for for somebody like Vicky, it's made them feel actually very included, but very specially in a very different way. How can people get involved if they want to be involved in the Cheerleading Association? If they contact UK Cheerleading Association direct, we can put them in touch with their local clubs and we will help them as much as we can to get involved with this sport. We call it the sport of smiles because everybody that gets involved with it really does have a fantastic and a positive experience. Thank you so much for speaking to Insight Radio, Pat. You're very welcome. Hi, I'm Kate Bailey and I'm an instructor with the Riding for the Disabled group. So what's involved with working with disabled riders, Sarah? Well, we've got lots and lots of disabled riders at Pendle Group. In fact, we've got 144 riders at the moment. Our youngest is two years old, and our eldest rider is 93 years old. Focusing in on Vicky, she has a visual impairment. When you're working with someone who has a visual impairment, how does that impact on how you can teach them to ride? Well, obviously, she cannot see sort of the fence uh, that is, or the wall that is usually around the arena. And in the arena, we have letters as markers, and she can't see these. Her coordination is a little bit impaired. Other things affect her, such as bright light, bright sunlight. And also, we have to try and keep noise in the area down to a minimum so she can focus totally on what I say. And Vicky's become recognised as a dressage national champion, is that right? Yeah, that's right. She came to us, as I say, two years ago, simply because we'd had quite a lot of past experience of coaching a Paralympic rider who actually got a silver medal at the 2008 Beijing Paralympics in in her dressage test. And was Uh, that a rider who had a visual impairment as well? No, this rider had cerebral palsy, but because we coach at a good level and hopefully, you know, we've got that super accolade under our belt, uh, she she knew that we would hopefully coach her. I haven't worked an awful lot with riders with a visual disability, but I think what you'll find is that we work as a team. Uh, She's got to put her entire trust in in me and what, what my team say. We try and encourage her in any way that we can but you can imagine that she has a great deal of trust in her horse which is absolutely helpful but we can uh, you know guide her on that way with our help we have sort of a little plan because she can't always see the markers at national competition she's allowed 
sort of very, very big markers. And also she's allowed helpers verbalize the letter to her. So as she's riding past, once she's in the arena and she's doing the test, she's on her own. Uh, I cannot coach her any further once she's in there on her own, but she manages very, very well. And what about a new rider that might come to you who has a visual impairment? How do you start getting them? Because I imagine it, people can be quite uncomfortable maybe when they're doing something quite out of their comfort zone and especially with younger children. Yeah, absolutely. As I said before, they've got to put their trust in you. But it's a very daunting thing being sort of up against a big animal. So what we try and do is encourage them to go close to a horse not be too overwhelmed. Remember that your pony has eyes and it's not going to crash. It will look after you. We tend to also, I mean, we're very lucky here at Pendle Group because we have a mechanical horse. And although it sounds a little bit strange and surreal, this horse is brilliant at getting techniques sorted out. So we work with the team and the rider to encourage them to climb on easily and confidently on the horse. And then, of course, they feel it moving away because this horse, this mechanical horse, is incredibly lifelike. We tend to get over all these little barriers with the mechanical horse where they're perfectly safe and then they can go out and ride a real pony, which is, which is wonderful, is what we're trying to achieve. Vicky especially has ridden the mechanical horse quite a lot because... I can work very intensely on her posture. And of course, Vicky can't see herself in the arena mirrors. So it's so important for her to get the feel of how she's sitting and how the horse is moving underneath her. So what's next for the coaching and the next steps of learning that you've got to do with Vicky now? Well, we're working now towards our regional show, which is in May. She will be competing in a dressage test. Vicky, this year, would also like to do a course of show jumps, but of course, she will either have to have a helper at every jump, help and coach her in, or have a rider riding the course of jumps on a horse in front of her, and then she takes instruction from that rider in front. Well, it really sounds like it doesn't really stop at Pendle RDA, the amount of different things you have to do and new changes you have to make, I imagine, for all the different people you have coming in and out. It must be a pretty busy place. Oh, yes, it is. There's never a dull day, put it that way. It's always fun. It's always a good giggle. And hopefully they're learning something and as well as it's giving them some great therapy. We have quite a lot of success and as volunteers and as helpers ourselves, it's absolutely wonderful to see and it makes our job worthwhile. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for speaking to Insight Radio, Kate. You're welcome. It was lovely to speak to you. And that was Insight's Alice Glossop talking to Vicky Howarth, Pat Hawkins and Kate Bailey. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.